It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt it. Hello, good morning, wherever you are around the world tuning in for this week's episode of The Sprint Lane. Paul Cochran with you once again, joined by Jess Watkins, Freddie Hastings, and our special guest this week, Robbie Morris. Welcome to the show, team. Good day. Hello, Paul. Fantastic. Uh, we're, well, episode four. Gee, time flies when you're having fun. Sure does. <laughs> yeah, when Long service leave, soon. Good feedback around the place. I was in Yagari yesterday and people were talking about the Sprint Lane. That's a good sign that we're reaching the regional areas where we want to be out there and Harness Racing Heartland. Hey Jess, tough week for you, tough weekend. I know you are at the footy. Mm, yeah, it was a very tough weekend as a Parramatta fan. We lost both the girls and the boys division, but proud of the club and everything that they achieved and we look to 2023 now. Jess, I can tell you as a Broncos fan, we weren't even there. So you've done a bit, <laughs> little bit better than us. Uh, Freddie? She's still smiling, but yeah, typical still smiling. Jess. Still smiling. <laughs> uh, Robbie, how was your week, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Um, busy, but um, yeah, we got through and watched the footy on Sunday. I'm a Tigers man, so... Oh, you're a lot better yeah. off than me, so yeah, don't worry. Yeah, it's been a tough year. And Freddie, you're obviously a Roosters man, so a uh, bit better season. I, I actually was uh, earmarking what the next year could look like, and I've got the Roosters doing very well next year. Yeah, look, I think they've been ravaged by injury over the last couple of seasons. Can't make excuses. All teams get injuries along the way. But look, they've a uh, the, the few changes in personnel, subtle changes, bit of luck on the field, a few calls going their way might help in some games too. They, they were dotted in a few, but that's just me wearing my heart on my sleeve and being a sook. How was Barnsley, Jess? Yeah, he was pretty good. I think when he sang Working Class Man, the, the crowd was on their feet, the Battle of the West Did Roar. You so, yeah. hey? <laughs> How do we reckon Barnsley compared to, obviously, this argument happens every year, the AFL Entertainment versus the NRL Entertainment. How do we think it married up? Obviously, we, you know, Robbie Williams is... You know, world class, but I think Barnsley, uh, Barnsley put a good stake in the ground and did a good job. Oh. AFL had Delta. They had Delta, yeah. You're a fan, eh? She's a 10. She's a 10? Delta. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just means hands yeah. down. We have these arguments every year, don't yeah. we, about who's, you know, whose uh, entertainment, you know, was, was better. And it's become a real thing now in all major sporting events, having that, that point of difference with entertainment. Um, geez, Robbie, Robbie was pretty good. Oh, and that tribute to Warney, like, you know, yeah. when he's seeing Angels. Yeah, nice. you know, what it, yeah. I saw Robbie in England. There's a, there's a famous DVD that gets around. It's called I Know What You Did Last Summer. It's not, not the movie, but mm-hmm. um, he did a concert at Nebworth three nights in a row, 125,000 people per night. So 375,000 people he put through the gate. This is back in 2003 when he was at the absolute peak of his powers. Incredible show. And, uh, yeah, I mean – He's still, uh, still the showman at the AFL one. But I thought Barnsley did a pretty good job and um, might have drowned your sorrows a little bit and a little bit of working class man and no second. He said there's no second prize, Jess. I don't know what you take out of that. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> you know what I took out of the uh, NRL grand final? Penrith were amazing. Why would you want to leave the, uh, the premises that they've got? Mm. Mm, that's hey? right. Why would you want to move? Yeah, well, I'm staying with our. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we hope they do <laughs> We can probably all take something out of that. Well it has been a big week in racing Hey uh, 
I was at, as I just mentioned, I was at Yagawa yesterday. Fantastic show that they put on. Amanda Turnbull, absolutely at the peak of her powers as well. Uh, she had four winners on that card. She drove the the uh, the winner of the feature racing time. I managed to get around and talk to some people. They had a great crowd. It was really, really the the carnival atmosphere atmosphere that we expect uh, from Yagawa. That the, they deliver that three years in hiatus because of COVID and, and a flood that went through the town. They did an amazing job. I just wanted to mention one that we we um, failed to mention last week. Vanessa Bennett. She had her first career winner at Yagawa. Obviously, they do two meetings back to back over weekend. She had her first winner as a driver or trainer. She is the age of 43. She's been driving and training since 2013. Robbie, that is longevity, persistence, you name it, 101, isn't it? If you, if you are going to stick at it since, what, 2013, my maths, that's nine years, and she's finally got a first winner. Well done, Vanessa. Yeah, that's a massive effort. You know, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, get out there and drive a winner, and some of us are luckier than others with the drives we get. So, um, yeah, full credit to her, and congratulations to... To stick it out for that long and finally get a winner, that's an awesome achievement. Freddie, I reckon the highlight of your week was probably your your new love interest. Well <laughs> Well, there's a couple of there's a couple of things that we could we could go there, but I'm gonna stick to the equine variety. Heaven on high gets a winner. Uh David Thorne and Jack Trainer obviously are uh doing are responsible for the horse, but that was a great win. Seven metre victory. It must have been fun to call that. Yeah, look, it's it's a really difficult thing, you know. You, you, your job is your job is your job, and I've been doing it a long time now. But when it you got, and I've only got a small interest um, to see a horse you have race away from the field. Uh, that, that's a pretty special moment. And you try to keep a lid on it, but by gee, uh, like I said, you you know earlier, I wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit, and it's a bit hard not to uh, you know get a little bit overexcited. I don't think I got too ridiculous, but uh, I might have let go with a you little beauty or something, or a, <laughs> or you know whatever I said at the end of the race. But look. Look, he's off for a spell. Um, he's actually going to have about three, four, five weeks off. They'll just gauge how he, he goes in the paddock and uh, he'll come back and, and hopefully there might be some nice races uh, heading into the new year for him. Look, I, I, th- I went back and listened to the call because I, I half suspected there might have been a little bit, of, little bit of hoopla thrown into the call, but I thought you were quite measured and yeah, yeah. very professional with it. But 152.4, that... Ran some time. Yeah, same time as he won uh, when he had his first start here in Australia. I mean, he's he's done so well. We, we've had him for, for four starts, uh, and we'll no doubt touch on Robbie's uh, former NZ, who came across on the same flight, Port-au-Prince. But our blokes had uh, four starts for uh, two wins, uh, both here at this track, uh, uh, placing in a carousel heat, and he ran third in the Group 2. Um, so for us, we're, we're pretty stoked that that's been his, uh, you know, how his uh, performances have landed. As I said, a break now, and we'll... See how he goes and measures up uh, into the new year. You're right with Port-au-Prince. They kept running into each other. Now they, they ran in mm. separate races. Both had wins. Robbie, Port-au-Prince looks uh, pretty handy. Uh, my maths, uh, well, that's three from four since landing in Australia. Uh, my maths gets me at somewhere around 49K in prize money already. Not a bad little return on investment. Yeah, no, he's um, I've bought plenty of Kiwis that haven't worked out that good, I can assure you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's worked out really good for connections. They're all having a way over time and um, – yeah, he's uh, everything sort of just fell into place for him. The carousel heat, and he had to draw one, and had to draw one in the final, and got a good trip both times. And um, you know, I, I got to say, his first run to me still stands out. His most sort of unlucky. That I still went home disappointed that day because I thought he'd just win, and I got jammed up everywhere I looked. And um, since then, he he hasn't looked back, and he stepped out on Saturday night, and he actually he had to earn it Saturday night. There was no. No behind leader trips anymore. He, he, there was nowhere for him to hide. I think they went a pretty strong lead time, and then 
I trucked him on after I found the front just to sort of see where we're at, and he um he did it quite easy. So he's probably somewhere around the same same as heaven on high. He'll race again this week. Um, we might just sort of keep him to go on just probably maybe another month or so, only for the fact that I, I don't want to work him up when it's really hot. I'd rather him be in the paddock when it's really hot. So um, I, I'd rather just sort of leave him a bit longer in work while he's happy and while the weather's quite normal here. And then come December, January, he'll probably look to be having a blow then. Do you know you had a good horse the first time you sat behind him? I remember saying to Josh one day, we gave him a hit out here at home, and um, I said to Josh, his horse feels good, but, you know, we only paid, I'll be honest, we paid 30000 for him. He was 40 landed. Um, and I, you know, I, like I said to one of his owners this morning, rung me, we would have been happy if he went and won four races at Newcastle. It wouldn't have, mm. you know, no one's broke their backs to be in him. I think he's owned by... Well, lucky enough, I think Lucky Lodge himself kept 20% of him and then I sort of syndicated the rest of him. So, um, you know, no one's broke their back to be in him, but, um, yeah, he just seems to be getting better and better as, as everything goes on. And, yeah, no, we're really happy with him. Well, that kick-started a treble for you. So, pretty good night there at Menangle Saturday night. You had uh, a winner on Phoebe Onyx in the Group 2 Trotters Cup and then Little Bliss in the next for Troy Williams. So, pretty good night. You must have been pretty happy with how that worked out. And a ticket to the Inner Dominion Absolutely. With, the, yeah. with Phoebe. yeah. Yeah, well, actually, I I didn't even know that. I, I, you said it when they hit the line, and I said, Troy Williams said to me, you got the Inters now? And I said, oh, well, you just want to race, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> let me worry about that when that time comes. And he went, no, like, you got a ticket to the Inter Dominion. Yeah. So then I was upset. Melbourne give these gold tickets out. I wanted me gold ticket like Willy Wonka. <laughs> Willy Wonka <laughs> style. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but anyway. Oh, um, print one up for him. Yeah. 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 He's, um, yeah, no, he's um, obviously um, Mick Boots bought him. Um, who buys a lot of New Zealand horses, and uh, I sort of was watching Addington one night, and he ran second to Majestic Man and just asked the question, and, yeah, he was for sale, and we were lucky enough to purchase him, and, uh, yeah, he, to come over and win first up, Group 2, and get through to that. So, um, yeah, he seems quite a nice horse. Must be nice to go home with three winners in your pocket on a, when you're just ducking across the road and heading back home after a busy night at the track, I would have thought, Robbie. Um we had the Pink Diamond Stakes, Jess. Uh, Cameron Ross and Jack Callingham won this one uh, with Ideal in Dreams. Uh, the, the Breeders Association uh, has done a really good job with supporting this with the Pink Diamond, haven't they? They've done a fantastic job and they added some extra prize money in this year to elevate it to 24990 And there were also bonuses there for the first, second and third place getters. So well done to the Harness Breeders New South Wales for the job that they did with the Pink Diamond. Yeah, absolutely. Look, really hard not to be impressed with I Cast No Shadow, Freddie. Uh, when uh, the go button was pressed for Cameron Hart and Jack Trainer, it seemed to just uh, went into overdrive. He's a serious racehorse, and we saw we've seen that over the yeah, course of his career since Scrimo's had him. Uh, one fifty and two the other night looked so comfortable in doing it. Uh, I heard someone say plugs were still in, like just did it under his own steam. He's a serious racehorse who will be you know very much to the fore at Carnival time. Some uh, you know a little bit of uh, contentious comment about uh, the fact he missed out in uh, the big race in Victoria, uh, probably. You know, on that performance and some of his other performances is very stiff not to be there. Yeah, what do you think, Robbie? What do you make of that? Yeah, I I don't know how he was overlooked, to be honest. Like, he's, his form's really good. He, he come here and won in 50. Uh, yeah, there was, there's horses, and you don't want to name any of them because it, whoever's in the mm-hmm. race wants to warrant their chances of being there. But looking at it on face value, there's probably five or six horses that he couldn't get a run in front of. Um but, you know, the rest of the field, I, I wouldn't have had a problem with him being in front of any of them. His run here was super. 
Grimbo's got him absolutely flying, and he, he looked an absolute pitcher here on, mm. on Saturday night. So, so comfortable, wasn't oh, he? I, I watched the replay when I got home, and he like I said, he'd he done it with his earplugs in, his dolly still up. Mm. He's beautiful, beautiful stallion. So, yeah, I think they were stiff not to get a run. I thought he deserved his spot. Obviously, um, some big races in Victoria this week, but the New South Wales invasion is strong. Uh, expensive Ego goes into the Vic Cup as the $3 favourite. What do you think, Freddie? Oh, look, I... I as a favourite, he, he's probably entitled to be in the market. I think it's it's going to be a, a, a tall task for him again. He's been very much to the fore in these big races over the last couple of years. Lost, of course, an, an interdom on, on protest. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I'm a bit of a New South Wales fly the flag for the New South Wales horses. So, so go we go, but uh, it's a good little race. Um, well, I agree with Robbie. Uh, I cast no shadow stiff. Yeah, absolutely. Robbie, you've sat behind Loop to Fame and, and this one really does set up as a, a – do you think it's a battle in two? Yeah, I do. Um, I think you could see that by the way the heats were run. All the heats were pretty head ahead ahead and then you got to their heat and there was like a margin to the third horse. Um, it was probably, you know, in my way of thinking and I'm probably a bit biased because I'm such good friends with Grant and I've had a bit to do with Leap to Fame but – you know, I've got no doubt in the world Captain Ravishing's extremely fast horse and if you probably put him in a 300-metre sprint race, he'd probably beat Leap to Fame every week. But I don't believe that that derby's going to be run like it was run the other day. You know, Leap to Fame had had a bit of an ordinary week. It was well documented that he couldn't get on a plane and he was struggling to get out of Brisbane. I think he only got out of Brisbane like Wednesday night or Thursday morning. So um, he didn't have a lot of time to settle in. He'll be better for that run. And the way the draws have fallen... It's nearly gonna looks like it's nearly gonna have to be a carbon copy and I, I don't think the first half will be in three anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right, look, you have had a good week. We'll, we'll move on to Penrith. Uh you drove a double uh there on Thursday night. You had uh Rosarita Rock, uh and is that for Troy Williams? Yep. Yeah. yeah. What's what's it like driving for Troy? He's a painful. He's, <laughs> Painful man, Troy. He just had a birthday too the other day. He's, he's a hundred Sunday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's your that Robbie said that, yeah. not me. Yeah, no, he's all right, Troy. He doesn't. Um, he knows not to say too much because I don't tend to listen to him all that much. So <laughs> he he always says that to everyone. Actually, he's so no point telling him anything because he doesn't listen anyway. He's done a good job, hasn't he? But like, super in job. All, in all seriousness, he he, he went full time a few years back, and he's had great success at Penrith in particular. But I, one of the horses that I'm uh, we sort of touched on your treble, but the horse I think he's done amazing things with is Little Bliss. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's um. Not only like with Little Bliss, like Troy, I, I remember when I first started driving for him, he had Iron a Grinner and he was a full-time um, work, had a full-time job, had a really good job and he always had a passion for harness racing and then he, I remember saying to him, he said, oh, I'm thinking about doing it full-time and I said, mate, geez, I do this because I wasn't very intelligent and I left school. I said, I don't know if I could leave a job that I knew had me hours set and, you know, me wage, it doesn't matter if you sell stuff or not, you know, you're still going to mm. get paid. But to his credit, he put his head out there and, um, he, he, you know, once again, works incredibly hard and um, him and his wife, Iona, have got a really good system out there and they, they do put a lot of hours into their horses and it's a credit to them both because he, he did have a really good job and he, he put himself out on the line and, and now he's got a really good business training horses full time. So it's great. But uh, I G him up, but he's, um, he's good to drive for. I tell you what, I love seeing him get success in this current campaign because uh, earlier this year when the floods hit, his property did it really tough. He, he FaceTimed me one day uh, just to give it 
give me a look at what he was going through. And he was, uh, water was up to his thighs, his laptop was floating in water, the water was up over the walker out there on his property. So, you know, copped it tough. I'm really stoked to see him do really well. Um, the Randos had a good night there at Penrith as well, double for Lucas and Jim Rando. One of those was with Sea Story, owned by Jim and his, and his wife, Vicky. We had a catch-up meeting at, at Tamworth on Wednesday because the, the previous week it got rained out. Uh, treble for Gemma Coney. A dad, Greg, actually trained four winners. They are going gangbusters up there. Serious talent, young Gemma Coney. Sammy Ison had a driving double. We used to see in Tommy's name pop up a fair bit. And Blake Hughes drove a treble. So... We, we the see young this, ones again. Yeah, we see this cluster of, of really good, young, emerging talents just dominating up there. And, uh, Robbie, obviously you, you bump into them a bit because you drive in Newcastle. They're serious talents, aren't they? Yeah, they are. You know, I'm, you know, you touched on Tommy Ison. His horse was definitely run for him. Gemma Coney's doing a really good job. And Blake Hughes, he's, um, you know, I've got a lot of time for Blake. I think he, the horses travel. They relax good for him. He, he thinks fairly good in a run, so... And then you've also got, you know, Grace as well. Penella, mm. she's doing a super. Yeah. There's a really good talent along the lines. And even um, it was good to see Lucas Rando get that double mm. Penrith yeah. Thursday night. I, I, Lucas, you know, I've had many a chats with Lucas. I, I actually think, you know, sometimes he just probably gets a bit of the heat of the moment. But, like, I think when he drives, he actually drives quite good. He's very mathematical. And when he talks, he knows exactly what he's thinking. So I think we've got a good young talent. I had a chat with Lucas a Going back now, uh, and he was in two minds whether he'd pursue a career in harness racing because he he, he was hard on himself. He wasn't getting the drives he wanted, and then he's uh, he's obviously getting plenty of uh, work with the Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick's, and his confidence has gone up. And he has been a big improver in the junior ranks in in this state for mine, particularly in this metropolitan provincial area. Uh, I was rapt to see him uh, get that double. I agree his with His mum and his dad too. They're lovely. Yeah. They are lovely. Yeah. Well, look, I'll, I'll give it away now, Paul. Best thing I saw this week was the Rando double uh, for, for James and uh, and Lucas. I thought it was fantastic last week at uh, Penrith. Got a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit about him, Lucas, too. He, he does. Uh, yeah. He was certainly in touch with me around the Inner Dominion. He had some ideas around what he could try and do. And, and I know he's moved into doing a bit of a tipping service as well. Yep. And, uh, you know, he, he's certainly a bit of a student of the game. So good on him. Well done, Lucas. And well done to the whole family for the success there. We're, we're still talking about Newcastle. Blake Hughes, uh, he had a winner on on that program at Newcastle. Robbie, you had a winner in the last there. I Can Fly, a really dominant win. Yeah, no, she's, um, she'd been racing here um, in them sort of the, um, I think it was a... The APG. APG, yeah, that's Silver it. and Final. Um, and she had to race Madrid, and, and she got really sick last preparation, and we sort of worked her up this time, and she's been really good, and sort of said to Alex, her runs here on face value looked just okay. But every time I looked at me the clock when I got home, like last week here when she raced in the APG Gold Sovereign final, she went like 28 around the bend and 26-1 home. Mm. Like her sectionals were off the chart. The only problem was she was – Spot in Madrid, twenty five meters, and she finished twenty five meters. Like she, we all know she's no Madrid, but you know, I, I thought I said to the guys that own her on the way there. I know Clayton Army had a first up Kiwi in the race, but I, I couldn't believe she started like five dollars because her numbers next to her name didn't look pretty, but the form line there was was really good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, if we double for Grace Pinella, we just mentioned her before. What a, what a great talent she is. Race to race double for Paul and Gav Fitzpatrick, uh, Captain Richie. 
Richie, Richie, choo, choo. Yeah. I met Richie, met Richie uh, not long before he passed away, the right. great man. What a, what a lovely Legend. soul he was. He, he, he was fantastic. And the old cricket nuff in me uh, really enjoyed that mm. meeting with Rich. Um, Robbie, you had Ziggy Rocks uh, in that race that Mildermott Byron came through. Look, Mildermott Byron got out there and it was sort of business that we expected, but your horse absolutely motored home. Yeah, old Ziggy, he's um he's old trooper. Ziggy's going really good. Um, I think Keza nominated him for Friday both, so she'll probably just say I reckon he'll go back to Newcastle again. He, he's same thing. He, he went to Newcastle and won, and then he come back here and sat behind the leader and and won. And then like Menangle can do, you know, he drew six, seven, eight, got back four and five fence, was getting home in like the second fastest half of the race, but was running seventh because the leaders were running the same time. So we dropped him back to Newcastle, and I'm not saying he beats Byron. Byron's a class animal, but if he didn't get in so much traffic down the back straight, I had to do a fair bit of diving and ducking, um, he would have made it really interesting because, geez, his last furlong was really good. Those uh, those my ultimates at Jared's got come up in conversation a lot, particularly around, you know, obviously Breeders' Challenges. You know, we're in the midst of it at the moment. Uh, do you think that my ultimate Byron is, is Come back the same horse that we saw as a two-year-old. I think my ultimate Byron is a is a really good horse. Um, he's probably one of them horses that was exceptional at two, you know. And and sometimes when they're so good at two, it's hard. Like he could go fifty as a two-year-old, so he probably like he might only go the same time now, but that's still fifty. So yeah. you know, I don't think it's a fact of if he's going any better or, or any worse. I just think he was so good at two. He's still that good now, but probably horses at two that were only going 52 then went out to spell at three and come back at three, and now they can go they 50. They can go 50, yeah. So, you know, I think Jarrah's done a super job with that horse because I know early on watching him he could get erratic and he could want to get fired up. He's one of them horses that likes to run. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a fact of, you know, I think it's more a fact of other horses have grown up and got a bit better and and he could go fifty at two, so yeah, that's just life. So, so in a race like that, Byron Byron was in front of you. Are you driving? Thing that's a serious horse in front of me. Was there any? Is it or was it just another race? Or is there anything exceptional about Byron when you when you're trying to trying to run him down? Oh no, I think Byron's Byron is a miler. In my, he likes mm. to just get out and bowl. You know, every time he can get out and do his thing. If you be talking about Jared, which you know, I get along good with, Jared is a mate of mine. The one that I really like is Ronnie. Yeah. yeah. He just does his job. There's no... He's professional. He's just, you know, everything he does, he's just trademark Ronnie. He drops a bit. We had that little bit of a meltdown here the other day, scoring up. He might have just been a bit excited. But, you know, Ronnie, to me, you could sit him in 1-1. You can sit him behind leader. You can lead. He, he's a little bit that way where Byron probably does like to get out and run a bit. But, geez, I, I wouldn't mind driving him. It's hard to chase when he's yeah. out and running. Yeah. Look, uh, Breeders' Challenge has happened uh, across the state over the over the past week. Wagga, we had a double for Emma Stewart and Mark Pitt, that major celebrity and major del- delight. Look, you got a dollar five for both of them. You weren't you weren't going to get rich if you got on. Uh, I think you I think you really souped it up and got a dollar fifteen for Treasure Stride for Nathan Jack, one of three winners for Nathan on that program at Wagga. Captain's Knock went round as well. We're going to see more of Captain's Knock through the Breeders' Challenge. Brad Hewitt's got a real good one on his hands there. I, I would have thought. Um, Menangle on Tuesday We were out here Freddie I mean you had that You had that 12 races And two trials to call uh, You know You should have been Sponsored by Strepsils On, on that race meeting uh, Mick Doltoff did, had, a, had a couple of Decent ones To start off there 
He had Eve Crocker and Promised Land. Uh, Jess, Montalbano was one that you mentioned in the show last week and um, Ricky got out, sort of got to the front and then just kept going. And I, I spoke to Ricky afterwards and he seemed to think that Menangle, as we progress through this series, might be really handy for, for Montalbano. Yeah, just on you t- as you touched on just then, he's a horse that looks to get out to the lead and just loves to run along. So really excited to see him progress throughout the series. And I guess the draw will probably pay, play into a factor as he heads into those semifinals and potentially the final. But I think he's definitely a talented two-year-old. Ricky just sort of said that, you know, he thought it was his speed, his pure speed of being able to get off the arm was was what really uh was that was the telling factor with Montalbana sweetheart Bart for Luke look it was a workman he had to really work hard to get that win but Luke was pretty happy with that and, and the times ma- matched up actually uh, sweetheart Bart and Montalbano an 81 we seem to have one of these every week Freddie an 81 dollar mm. winner for the McDowell's at, at Menangle on Tuesday with Twilight Heaven Breeders Challenge was at Bathurst as well we had wins for Jake Davis Bernie Hewitt David and Justin Reynolds and you know, we say this every week, but uh, Amanda Turnbull, <laughs> again, having winners at, at Bathurst. Um, this splash of crimson won again. Look, seems pretty handy. Have you been – Have you been like, how hard is Amanda when you're driving against her? Because she's just just so good everywhere she drives. How hard is she? Yeah, well, she's – you know, Amanda's – she's just one of them. They run for her. You know, yeah. horses travel for her. They don't I waste any energy. They get into a good rhythm. Um, you know, and she's had such a good family upbringing. Mm. Like, you wouldn't find a more horseman-like family, you know. Just – you see her especially, like, the thing that I think Amanda does very good, which I'd look at things different, but she can drive each track. Mm. You know, you don't see many drivers come to Menangle and sit for a fence and – where she can. You mm. know, like, she'll go to Ugaura yesterday, put them on the front end, get them on the bit, get them trucking, and they just don't stop. But then mm. she'll come here – and she'll realise, right, I need to drive this one a bit quieter, this way, yeah. and she cover. can change. You know, a lot of drivers mm. have their their way of how they drive, and it generally comes out like you know, whether they go forward or sit or back. I like the thing with Amanda is she's not one dimensional; she can drive anything. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's funny. I, I was actually mixing with some of the. The people who were in the VIP tent there at Yagara yesterday and they were asking me for some reason, they thought, obviously, you work at harness racing, you must be a tipster. And I said, hey, don't get this one mixed up. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. But I said, what what I did say to them is, I don't think you're going to go too far wrong if you follow Amanda Turnbull in on a day like today. Yeah. Four winners. I did actually tip them in to shoot a pass, though, with uh, the Bernie Hewitt one. And uh, one of the lo- the lovely ladies that I spoke to there uh, went home with full pockets or a full, full tab account a, anyway on the app. So... A round of applause for that. Yeah, yeah a, ra- a round of applause. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what we um, we did just mention Bathurst though, and uh, there's a there's a uh, obviously a, a really sad story that's emerged over the past twelve months, and that's a, a, a horrific spinal injury that one of the really good blokes and the good families of harness racing uh, has endured, Josh Powderly. Uh, for those that don't know, he's an electrician doing, going about his day job and had a horrible workplace injury where he fell through the roof and um, sadly terrible spinal injuries that, that will uh, obviously um, he'll carry now for the rest of his life. But the fa- he, he's a very resilient – I haven't spoken to Josh personally. I know Morris Logue spent a lot of time with the family and, um, and Morris's feedback is he's very resilient and he basically says nothing changes, I'll just do it differently now. Well, what a great attitude, you know, and Adapt. you wouldn't wish what they've gone through on anyone. But what we do know is the harness racing industry, like a lot of 
great sporting bodies do get around people that do it tough and they are running a fundraiser for Josh at the Bathurst Harness Racing Club tomorrow night. That's Wednesday if you're, if you're listening to this um, down the track. Uh, what they're going to do is uh, they're going to auction off some some great memorabilia. Now, I, I know that there's a cricket bat signed by Shane Warne and Steve War that they used at the 1998 Sydney Test. Uh, obviously, that, that's going to be worth some money with the, the sad passing of the great Warney uh, earlier this year. Um, that was also the test where Warney took his 300th wicket and Steve Waugh captain his 100th test. So that's a, that's a pretty significant piece of, piece of memorabilia. Let's hope people go with some full pockets and someone absolutely empties it and, and you know, we, we raise some great When's money that? for a good that's, course. It's um, tomorrow night at Bathurst. Uh, tomorrow or Wednesday okay. night? Friday? Uh, actually, no, you're right, Freddie. It's it's the seventh, yeah. So that's Friday yeah, night. Yeah. Uh, that's the Friday of the bath. So my that'll apologies be, if I if I confuse that'll people. Be huge, that's Friday night because it's a big weekend in Bath, yeah. of course, yeah. with the with the V8. So I mean, hopefully yeah. they'll get some people that wander in and 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 also as well as loving the car racing and the yeah. trots, they love the, the the game, the great game of cricket. Because absolutely, what a, what an amazing uh, piece to a memorabilia piece there and. Um, Jeez, I hope they uh, they raise plenty. He's, it's been donated by Wayne Barker, former mm. president of the club there at, at Bathurst. He's going to do uh, the auctioneering as well. Yep. So, and a hundred percent of the profits will go to Josh. Uh, you're right. It will be a big weekend. I, I drove through Bathurst yesterday on my way to Yagawa, and you can see the the car trucks starting to yep, yep. starting to fill up, and the, there's a real vibe around that town. It's a, it's a real great buzz. time to be there. I was fortunate to go there when I was in the old TV days and reporting on that race and. You know, mixing all different parts of that mountain down around where all the Ford fans all gather with their flags and that, and, and how passionate some people are. It's uh, it's a different world, a different universe that the, the V8 Nuffies are getting into, and, and God love them. It's a, it's a great part of uh, part of the, the Australian sporting landscape. Hey, Freddie, um, it would be remiss of us as a, a harness racing podcast to not touch on the sad passing of the great. Colin Pike, who passed away earlier in the week, um, you know, obviously had a very good innings. You know, Colin was 90 when he passed away, but touched so many people. A couple of seven miracle miles. He had the first three-year-old to, to, uh, to actually break two minutes, which seems like an archaic number now, but, you know, going back... It's what it was, it, yeah. What it was. Five, five children, 18 grandchildren, 45 great-grandchildren. Touched a lot of people, but particularly in our industry. Absolutely. Uh, of course, well-renowned as the uh, the trainer-driver of the great Paleface Sadios. He, he drove uh, the mayor, uh, Rajen, who, uh, Rajen, who, who uh, produced Paleface Sadios. She was a great producer, but Rajen was one of his first drives. And Rajen went on to produce not only Paleface Sadios, but a full brother, Jack Craig Adios. Um, another winner was, uh, was uh, Charlie RJ. Uh, you mentioned seven Miracle Mile performances. I've got no doubt we'll never, ever see that again. Uh, won one of them, placed in five, 240 starts and 108 wins, and he could go left-handed, he could go right-handed, because in those days we still raced at Hawkesbury, and he held a record for a thousand for a 1,000-metre track at Hawkesbury. He was brilliant at uh, the old Albion Park right-handed. Um, he raced Paleface Adios, and this is testament to, to Colin's horseman uh, capabilities, the horse raced from a two-year-old and incredibly at his first race start fell at Harold Park, but he raced from two until he was 11. Um, an amazing uh, performance. Uh, he was a, an owner, a, a breeder, a trainer, a driver, had some terrific horses over the years. Uh, to his family, obviously, we extend uh, you know, deep condolences. Uh, Shirley, sons David and Ian and, and grandson Steve, 
Um, the funeral will be held tomorrow at the Church of England uh, Church at uh, Tamora. And who can forget, as you're, you're heading into Tamora, uh, Hoskin Street, Paleface Park, Jess, and yeah, that big that statue. And, and it's it's beautiful. It's a, an amazing statue as a tribute, not only to the great Paleface Adios, but obviously in the sulky, uh, Colin Pike. And uh, uh, what a horseman, what a horse. One thing, Robbie, about this horse, Paleface Adios, his halcyon years were the, through the 70s and the early part of the 80s. But even if you didn't follow harness racing, so many people knew of Paleface Adios because of that big blaze and that beautiful chestnut coat. He was just revered by people outside of our industry. Yeah, and he was a – I've only, like, obviously seen photos, mm. but he's a beautiful, beautiful horse. And it's strange because you know, a lot of our good horses today – they're all just bay brown. It's very unusual to have that big chestnut with the big white face to be. I just, I was when you said that two hundred forty starts for one hundred eight wins. Like and unheard. he would go Incredible everywhere. He would yeah. go everywhere. Yeah. Like like, and that was not just not just uh, Colin with Paleface, but Tony Turnbull with Hondo, uh, and all the other champions of the era. Even horses Brian Hancock. They would travel to the non-tab race meetings on a Saturday, and they would compete with these great horses. And that, um, and I, and I. Did have it at home, and I meant to bring it with me. But Paleface, of his 108 wins, he won at a variety of tracks. Obviously, places like Albion Park, Harold Park, and uh, and the like. But he also won races on some of the small non-tab tracks that you wouldn't necessarily think that uh, you know a horse of his standing. It's certainly with great respect to the champions of the modern era. You wouldn't expect to see them lob at a, a, a track, and I'll just use because they raced yesterday, and it's always good to mention Yagara. Mm. Uh, just say, uh, imagine a horse of the, the, the champion status that Paleface or Hondo had back in that era running at Yagara yesterday. It, it just doesn't happen anymore. Yep. And that's what happened back in the 70s. They were household names, those great horses, and we were blessed to, uh, to have you know, not only great horses, but some great horsemen, uh, and Colin Pike fits that category. And it takes a pretty special horse and horseman to get the Johnny Chap, Johnny Tap song treatment mm. too. Yeah, well, John Tap, of course, many people know Little Hondo, but uh, of course he also paid tribute to Paleface Adios, and I think the chorus kind of went something along the lines of, uh, it might have been uh, tall and lean with a mighty stride, he started quite a craze, that golden coat, that flowing mane, and famous big white blaze, and no, I'm not going to sing it because uh, I'm not what a very a good singer. I thought you were going to burst out. No, of what a pity! Because uh, <laughs> Jess and I, Jess and I, got a special concert performance from <laughs> Freddie when he came in here before. Do it for the viewers, Fred. Some things are best yeah. left. Uh, uh, what goes on tour stays yeah. on tour, guys. What a pity! No, but uh, but you're right, Freddie. Uh, you know, it's left such a such a legacy in the industry. Um, you know, history will will remember uh, the great Colin Pike and Paleface Adios as a, as, as a team, um, but obviously in their own right as well, um, forever and ever. Uh, lasting legacy on our sport, and our thoughts do go out to, uh, to the whole family at this, uh, this sad time. Indeed. Definitely. All right, well, Freddie, you've already mentioned that the best thing that you saw this week, you thought it was the, um, you know, the performance of the randos there, there at Penrith. Robbie, what's the best thing you saw this week? on the spot here, you can spot. say your own travel. <laughs> Heaven on high went pretty good, <laughs> mate. What'd you think? Um, best thing I saw all week was probably Josh around the last, uh, last turn at Penrith Thursday night. He nearly got tipped out and he'd done, I actually don't know how he stayed in. His foot just caught the edge of the dust sheet and he pulled himself in. So I don't know if it was the best thing. I did say to him, I would have liked to see him roll out the back. <laughs> <laughs> how As only you could say, right? But, um, <laughs> 
Yeah, no, probably that. Yeah, you've done a good job to stay in, but uh, we've had a pretty good week. Yeah. What about you, Jess? Uh, it was yesterday in the first race at Yagara, the win of Roger Valerio Lombo, Peter Green Jr. was his first win since the 2001-2002 season, and he did have quite a bit of a break there. And I think he even served a stint as a steward, and he's also a thoroughbred trainer now as well. So well done to Pete. Look, Yagara is certainly uh, top of my list. That, that they, you know, it's the first time I've, I've experienced the, the legend of of what. Jody and, and Ben Greenolge and the team can put on their gear, and they certainly delivered. You know, fantastic to see. They put on Dodgem cars for the for the crowd, and the queues of kids were as long at the start of the day as they were at the end. And, and the the arena there of Dodgem cars going around was great. There was people dressed up and you know enjoying the moment. There was people, you know. Um, I went and, I went and stood at the, uh, at the at the turn and and looked back on the track for one of the races, sort of around race five or so, and the, the whole fence was lined with people and it was you know, 10, 20 people deep the whole way. And that's what we want at these country tracks. And that's the beauty of, of what Carnival of Cups race meetings can deliver. They did an amazing job. It follows on from the amazing job that Cowra put on two weeks ago. I saw Daryl and Rosalie and Jack Wade and Alicia Carlin there yesterday. And, and, and I love that, that, that people are supporting each other. Clubs are then you know, going and supporting each other. And that's what we're trying to achieve with this Carnival of Cups itinerary. Amazing day, um, fantastic racing, and, uh, and well done to everyone involved. It's green for go. There oh, we've, we accidentally hit the opener button, Freddie. We don't want to start <laughs> the show again. Let's not start again. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll have to pay Robbie too much. Yeah. We'll pay him double. Well, while we've got Robbie here, um, Robbie, obviously, you're, you know, you're the descendant of a – you know, of, of a legend of our sport um, with, with Pete, and you shake your head. But, you know, he's an, he's a, an Inter-Dominion champion uh, himself and uh, probably a no-brainer that, that your path would uh, would continue to lead you through the harness racing industry. Yeah, um, obviously, Dad doesn't let me forget what he's done, especially now Josh has won one too. It's every lunchtime I have to hear it. How many Inter-Dominions <laughs> you won, Josh? One. I won one. How many you won? No, Dad. Um, <laughs> even Josh starts doing it now. So, um, yeah, they have great fun with it. But yeah, no, I, um, you know, obviously, um, Dad taught me a lot when I was a kid, and he was extremely good at what he done driving horses. But um, as much credit as Dad teaching me how to drive horses has got to go from Mum teaching me how to be a person. I think um, I wouldn't be where I am out today without me, Mum. She's been super supportive and. Um, and looks after everything. I don't have to do my colour bag or anything like that. She's been there from day one. So, um, yeah, mum and dad have been ultra supportive and, um, yeah, I had a good start to the, the sport anyway. Spent a bit of time at your property over the last 18 months, you know, on and off, and, and it's a slick operation. Uh, I know that it might feel like calamity at times for you guys, but to, as an outsider looking at it, it's uh, the roles are defined. Um, you guys are you're working plenty of horses, but... You're right. What a key takeout for me was the key role that your mum and dad play there on that. On that on yeah, that definitely. Um, you know, Kerry's got a quite a big operation there, and um, we're lucky we've got such a beautiful, beautiful property to run it out of. And um, dad does the joggers, mum does a lot of the paperwork and bills and things that you don't even you just take for granted. They take just so happens long. in the background. Yeah, and um, you know, mum mum looks after all that as well as looks after mine and Kerry's two kids when we're doing trips and. Um, yeah, so it, it is a it's a family operation, but I think everyone in this industry, and sometimes you know it's it's very family orientated because everyone knows how busy you are and where you got to be and what you got to do. And then we've got 
Josh and Alicia there as well that are, are pretty well like family. So we all just bounce off each other and get to the meetings and do our jobs and, and hopefully come out with a winner or two. And you just touched on the family aspect there. We saw Archer here on Saturday night for three of those wins. He was out there in the photo and you can just tell how much he idolises dad. He's a keen participant there in the mini trots and I think it's fair to say he'll be following in yours and Kerry's footsteps. Yeah, I think so. He um, School holidays now too, so he had a bit of a rough trot. He, he tried to come to Ugara Sunday last week and then Monday, Newcastle, Menangle Tuesday. For a six-year-old, it was a bit much. He was, <laughs> he was a bit long in the tooth by the end of it, but... um. His mum had to hold him out of a couple of days there just to get his breath back. But no, he um he met me out there. I'll give him one thing though, like he gets out there and loves a photo. But even when I get beat, he's waiting at the gate for me here. And he's the first to tell me I ran eighth. But um, yeah, no, he, he loves it and he loves his horses. He loves his ponies. And uh, it was even the other day, someone mentioned a horse to me that I reckon he would have been two. And I couldn't remember the horse and he just went bang. I think it was, yeah, it might have been. It might have been a smoky quartz or a horse like that and... He just rattled it straight off. I was like, geez, you just don't realise what sinks into him. Incredible, isn't it? We, we touched on your dad. Uh, I've got to ask you the question. Uh, Peter obviously taught you so much. Was he a patient teacher? And and were you a willing student? Or, uh, you know, did you take on board the things he said? Was he was he patient with you? Uh, he, he was sort of a bit – he was with me, I think. I don't know if it was because I was the last one or – Peter went off and done his thing and Angie didn't have an interest, but um, I don't think he's been renowned for his patience, but um, <laughs> he sort of did it with me in a different way. He was always pretty stern and I think I got lucky because mum, mum's favourite, you see, so he always knew there was only so was far, the oh, so far <laughs> he could go. Um, but he, like, he, I think one thing he did do with me was he let he kept a lot of ordinary horses for me to drive, mm. so I had to learn to drive the fence. I had to learn mathematics. I had to figure out how fast the leaders was going to work out. If I'm one out four back and the leader gets home in 57, I can't go 53 to run him down, mm. especially around a half, things like that. But he put really good people around me, like um, Greg Bennett as a driver. He was really good. He'd sort of chat to me whenever I needed it. Um, good friend of his was, was David Wilkins, who sort of Wilco drove for dad, but Wilco was training in his own right. You drove a lot for and, Wilco. And I drove... Yeah. As soon as I started driving, Wilco took a back step and Wilco done a lot of that. Wilco wasn't a great communicator. He still isn't today, but he would always, you know, he, he wanted his horses driven for next week. You know, he didn't mind if they were unlucky, um, but he didn't want me overdriving them. So I, I sort of learnt that way around Wilco and um, he never, Wilco never really gave me sprays. He just didn't talk to you. He'd give you, he'd give you the silent, silent treatment. treatment. <laughs> um, Dad dad would give you a spray every now and again, especially if he'd had his 100 on. He'd be awfully upset. But Does Kerry Ann ever give you a spray? Massively. <laughs> just, me, I just, me and Josh just stay right out of that. We we try to just – now she's got the kids. She doesn't get to the night meetings. So uh. we quite often, if we slaughter one on Thursday night, we hope she's forgot by Friday. <laughs> but um, generally she doesn't. How do you do it, Robbie? I mean, we, we see you at – Penrith every Thursday. We see it Newcastle just about every Friday. Uh, we see it Menangle Tuesdays and Saturdays. It's a lot of driving miles. It's you know carting horses here, there, and everywhere. How do you do it? Yeah, some like the Friday nights driving home. But I'm lucky. Dad, Dad generally comes with me and Josh to drive home. So I do sort of try and stay up if I can because I feel bad if I go to sleep on him. But um, yeah, look, it, it is. Saturday afternoon naps are much needed, um, but 
I think it's like anything. I grew up my whole life, you know, when I was at school, I didn't want to do anything else. I just live, just dreamed of doing what I'm doing. So I've been lucky enough. I've driven plenty of nice horses and, um, you know, we keep getting drives and not only taking Kez's horses to the races for Kez, it's sort of, you know, I get a lot of good support off a lot of other trainers as well and they've supported me for a long time. So I don't want to, you know, there's some days where, you know, I could only have four or five drives and probably could stay at home on a Friday night. But, you know, I think especially in this day and age, you've got to sort of stick loyal to the people who are stuck loyal to you. So we just got to keep doing. I've got a question for you on Archie just before we wrap it up. Um, when you, you talk about the, the passion and the enthusiasm that you see and, and Jess touched on it that she saw on the track, do you see yourself in, in, in the young fella? Yeah, yeah, he's um, – well, and Keza too. Like he's – me and Kerry, have, we've grew up loving this sport, but he just – he loves every – even me. Like if I – doesn't matter what he's doing. If he's not talking to me about a horse, he's going to talk to one of the boys about a horse. Even Kerry brought the gear down here last Saturday and I used to do the same thing. Dad would have runners, but I'd go and help Wilco unpack his gear. Well, Kerry got here with him last week and he ran down and helped Jack Trainer unpack his gear. You know, he just wants to be around and he, he wants to, you know, he just loves it. He, he lives for it. He remembers everything and he talked to me about races and, yeah, he really enjoys it. It's fantastic, Robbie. It's really good to have you on the show um, and, and to talk through. I mean, there's so many facets to your journey through harness racing. It's great to get a little bit of an insight into it. Freddie, it's a big week ahead. Uh, obviously, starts today here at Menangle. Yeah, 10 races today, uh, three races for the Square Gators and, and obviously uh, Lucky Lodge as well represented in many of those. Uh, but yeah, good program. Uh, some of the races pull very, very open with the Waratah final on Saturday night, Jess? Yeah, we do. We've seen heats conducted throughout the past month and they'll line up here this Saturday night and also the Les Chant free-for-all as well for the fast-class horses. So they, those fields will come out later this afternoon. Uh, at Wagga tonight, we've got the JC Caffin Plate qualifying heats. I bumped into Michael Brown there at Yagara uh, yesterday. He made sure he wanted me to mention that there's heats also at... I said, mate, I will do my best for you. Newcastle and Park, so... I hope I've uh, hope I've got that right for him, but that's that a right. that's a great initiative, the JC Caffin Plate, and um, you know really looking forward to seeing how those qualifying heats play out. Uh, New South Wales bread is on. We we had the first episode last Wednesday night on Sky Two, so that's tomorrow night, Wednesday night at seven pm on Sky Two. Brittany Graham and myself, and we'll go through the the Breeders Challenge journey. Uh, Robbie, uh, what do you got on this afternoon? Let's talk us through what you got. Um, yeah, so I got a. Uh a pretty hectic day today. I don't think there's there's too many races I missed, to be honest. Um, I start the day off with Dream Big Aim High, um, two-year-old Chotton Gelding. Uh, it's a bit of a stiff task for him today. There was a two-year-old race program for him, but there was only three noms. So I think Blake did and, and Kerry also did. So they, they nommed their two-year-olds because there was two divisions. Um, but it's actually, it's like, even though it gets split on wins, the, the second division's not that easy. I think you've got that uh, Tiger T, Kevies at... Been trotting good. Jungle Eyes has been trotting good. So I'll start my day off with him and, and I sort of get through the rest of the day with just the normal. Um, you know, Queen of Strathfield's racing really consistently, another trotter. Um, I'm Bill's last has been awfully unlucky. His last couple, um, I got caught outside the leader on him and then Kez got held up in a bit of traffic on um, the week before that. So I think he's a pretty good chance later on, Bill's last. So, yeah, the, the team rolls on today and please shut up. He's... Was a bit stiff last week as well, so they're all sort of ticking along. So we'll get through the day and 
hopefully end with a couple of winners. All right, well, busy day for you. Uh, what's the – you might have given us a little bit of an insight there, but is one of them that you'd say is, is the one to follow? He's like – I don't like saying this about him because he's got a renowned habit of getting beat, but I do think I'm Bill's last. If he, if he can truck to the top tonight and run his 53 in a piece, he he was he got stuck outside the leader last week where they were in a brutal first half and he actually just kept boxing away. That's all he does. He's no star, but he's probably lobbed into the right sort of race today. If he can burn across and get to the rail, I think he'll keep trucking along and be hard to chase. Okay. Freddie, you got one to keep an eye out for? Yeah, I like the run of not to be denied the other... Uh Night in the uh, the pink diamond was forced wide on the final turn, whereas the winner ideal in dreams was a, a peg a peg sitter and was able to get into the clear. Not to be denied, had to do a little bit more work, and that was its third up run. I think uh, with that three runs under its belt, it's ready to put its best foot forward for Mark Hewitt. Okay, Jess. And for me, it was Zarvan Banner here on Saturday night. I think it lobbed about five fence, and then in the straight, it had no luck, could not get a run until the last one hundred. So I think he's one to follow. Fantastic. Well, we've had a really busy show. We packed a lot into this one and obviously we've, you know, it's been great to have you here, Robbie. Appreciate that. And obviously it's been a sad week, sad week for the harness racing industry with the, the passing of the great Colin Pike. So uh, we reflect on that. We farewell the great man tomorrow and uh, obviously we get into the racing cycle. So to everyone out there who's tuned in on the live stream, thanks for, thanks for tuning in and anyone who's listening there, wherever you are, planes, trains, automobiles, uh, thanks for that. And if you can, give us a follow, give us a share, tell your friends, family, anyone standing at traffic lights that uh, the sprint lane exists. It helps grow the sport and, and the narrative around it. So we appreciate you tuning in and we will catch you again next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>